Welcome to this bonus edition of Bible Explained Verse by Verse. Today I want to talk about the different levels of Bible interpretation. In some cults, they only think there's one level, which is historical prophecy. They want to believe that the second coming has already occurred because they refuse to accept future prophecy as an interpretation. But I want to talk to you about this because you can't just interpret scripture on one level. If you insist on only interpreting scripture on one level, you're never going to really understand the Bible in context. The Bible is multi-layered. In my understanding, there are seven different levels of Bible interpretation or scripture interpretation. And all seven levels are important to focus on when you're reading the scripture. The first level is historical facts. What is the story actually saying? Did it say Jesus was on a boat in the Galilee Sea? Or did it say that he was baptizing at the Jordan River? It's important to know the difference because there's a huge difference. We have to pay attention to historical facts. When we read the book of Daniel, we'll have to keep in mind that all of it was written about the exile of the Israelites to Babylon, and that Daniel was one of those Israelites who was exiled to Babylon, and that he was being held captive, and because of his knowledge and beauty, he was turned into a eunuch and was a lifelong servant for five different pagan kings of Babylon. And that's extremely important. And this helps us to understand some of the parables that Jesus talked about and some of the phrases that are in the Bible that don't make sense in modern language. But if you understand the historical facts, then the phrase will make sense or the parable will make sense. Historical facts helps us to have good exegesis. Exegesis is basically just breaking down what the Bible says. If it says that Jesus was at the Jordan River, he was at the Jordan River. He wasn't somewhere else. And unfortunately today, reading comprehension has gone so low and there's so much fantasy thinking in our current generation that people kind of make up what they want to believe and they claim that they're interpreting scripture when they're not interpreting scripture at all. They come up with these wild interpretations that don't make any sense. And that's usually because they have the historical facts mixed up. Historical facts are the basis of Bible interpretation. The next level is practical application. And this is what most Christians want to focus on. The whole point of reading the Bible is to apply it in a practical way to our lives. If Sarah submitted to Abraham, then wives in general want to submit to their husbands because that's what Sarah did. That's the practical application. Unfortunately, some people go overboard with this one too, and they come up with real wacky stuff, such as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, therefore Sometimes churches like to have a foot washing service. It's okay because it really is supposed to be a spiritual exercise, not a physical exercise, but they actually will physically wash each other's feet. But today we wear socks and shoes and hosiery, so we don't really need our friends to wash our feet. 
In Jesus' days, they wore sandal-type shoes and they walked on dusty roads and dusty streets for hours to get to their friend's house. So by the time they arrived, their feet were covered in dust and the host would wash their feet for them. When Jesus said wash feet, he meant take care of other people's needs. Now, me personal, I want people to leave my feet alone. I've never even been to get a pedicure. I don't think Jesus would get down and wash my feet today, but he does provide for my needs in many other ways. Practical application is important. We just have to do it in a practical way. Don't try to imitate blindly everything in the Bible, but instead make that practical application for your life today. So if by washing the disciples' feet he was caring for their physical needs, then that means that I should care for my neighbor's physical needs. The next level is spiritual application, and this is how do we live our spiritual life? We read that Jesus fasted and prayed a lot. He even went alone to fast and pray. He wasn't always with people. He went by himself a lot, which means that we need alone time with God. That's a spiritual application. In order to have a good relationship with the Father, we need to spend time alone with him without other people around us. For some people, that's a tall order because if you're a mother with a whole lot of kids homeschooling and all this kind of stuff, it will be hard to find time alone, but you have to make time just as Jesus did. Think about Jesus because he was ministering to tens of thousands of people at a time, and yet he was able to make time for the Father. So we don't have an excuse. Whether we're a CEO or a mother of 12 who's homeschooling and running a farm, we still can make time for the Lord. That's a spiritual application. Then the next level Now, these levels aren't in any particular order, but the fourth level I'm going to talk about is theological interpretation. This is both futuristic and historical past. For instance, when you read about something in the Bible, that almost always will have a theological application. When we read about Joseph getting rejected by his brothers, The theological application is that Jesus was rejected by his own siblings who were Mary and Joseph's children, and in greater part the Israelites who demanded that he be crucified, and in greater part the world represented by the Romans who actually did the crucifixion. So all of us have rejected Jesus, and that is the spiritual application. All of us have turned our backs on Jesus at one point or another. We need that theological application in order to understand the gospel and teach it to others. When we read any story in the Bible, there will always be a theological application. The fifth level that I want to talk about is historical prophecy. And this is the part that hangs up some of the cult churches, because they get stuck there and they won't move out of that realm They want to believe everything is historical. Nothing's in the future. They don't believe that the tribulation's coming. They don't believe Jesus is coming again. They don't believe in a whole lot of stuff because they're stuck in the past with historical prophecy. 
In the book of Daniel, we're going to read about all of the major kingdoms in world history, and all of them except for the final kingdom of the beast. They've all passed. They've all come and gone. Daniel had a couple of different visions where he saw that the Babylonian kingdom would fall, and then the Medio-Persian kingdom would fall, the Greek kingdom would fall, etc., And those have all fallen except for the Antichrist kingdom, which we're entering into today. But a lot of people get stuck in that historical prophecy and they think, oh, therefore, we're already in the millennial reign. No, we're not. Because that ignores the futuristic prophecy. For instance, the things that he talked about happening with Jerusalem falling to the pagans, it will happen again when the Antichrist takes over the world and many Christians will fall. When Jesus spoke of the time when the temple would be destroyed, which was in 70 AD, it was also at the same time a futuristic prophecy of the end times. So when Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation in the temple, run, don't get your coat, just run, that occurred in 70 AD. However, it's going to occur again. The Antichrist is going to come and the Christians will have to run and hide again in the future. We can't ignore future prophecy just because the same verse has a historical prophecy in it. The last level of interpretation is the one that nobody can help you with except the Holy Spirit. And this is what I call personal revelation. This is revelation that the Holy Spirit gives to you and nobody else. Now, it doesn't mean that you can go start your own cult church based on what the Holy Spirit told you. We need to know the difference between the Holy Spirit giving us a personal revelation and demons telling us lies. We have to be able to discern between God's voice and the voice of demons. But if you are hearing God's voice when you read scripture, that is personal revelation. Because the Holy Spirit only says it to you. And sometimes that's why I say in the podcast, you don't have to believe this if you don't want to, because the Lord told it to me, but it's not in the Bible. So personal revelation is not meant to build a church on. It's not meant to start a cult. It's meant to help you and I personally grow in our walk with Jesus Christ. My personal revelations are not the gospel I just want people to believe the gospel. The personal revelations are for me personally. It's the Lord telling me things that I needed to know so that I can be closer to him. And that is the seventh level of scripture interpretation. I want to encourage you because you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to go and take a bunch of history classes. If you see a phrase in the Bible that you don't understand, Google it. And several websites will come up and you'll find a website that explains what that means historically and what was really going on. And if you read a prophecy that you know is important but you have no clue what it means, Google it. And there are plenty of websites that will tell you what that prophecy means. Just be aware that some of those websites are from cult organizations And they may say other stuff that isn't true, but the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom to know which website is true and which website isn't, and he'll help you discern. Don't worry about that. Just pray when you're looking around. And as time goes by, you'll be able to more easily and easily discern. The website that I really like as a resource, I trust it very well, and it's called EnduringWord.com. 
And that's where I go to get some of the commentary. Another commentary that I really love is Matthew Henry. I trust him very much in what he says because he sticks to the gospel. He isn't alive anymore. But I trust very few commentary writers. Those are two that I go to. And you'll find commentary writers that help you out a lot too. I just want to warn you, not all of them know what they're talking about. So ask the Holy Spirit to teach you which websites are the best to go. Also, if you want to know what a word really means, you do not have to go to seminary and take a class in Greek or Hebrew. All you have to do is Google that Bible verse, and then after it, put either Greek or Hebrew. If it's the Old Testament, say the Bible verse, Hebrew. And if it's the New Testament, then type the Bible verse, Greek. It will bring up websites like Bible Hub that will tell you what the word means in Greek. Again, you don't have to be a scholar at all. You can understand the Bible just by using search engines on the internet and using your own common sense and listening to the Holy Spirit. I hope that blessed you.